You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 21, the final Deadpool trailer, and on this week's What the Dead, the season finale, Human. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 21 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hey, Brian, 21. I can't believe it. We can drink in the United States. We're completely legal now. Completely legal. We can go see any movie we want. We can drink however we want. And now we We can make terrible life decisions right now. Absolutely true. And so up to this point, we've been youngsters, but now we've crossed that threshold. Now all that waits for us is old age and death. Taxes. And taxes. So, of course, we're going to talk about that last season finale of The Walking Dead. Mm. But before that, a couple things that came up. Number one, and I didn't even know this until I got into the studio. And when you showed up, I wanted to let you know about this also. They just released the new Deadpool 2, the final trailer. Yep. Mm. Oh, <laughs> my, my. I'm, I was looking forward to this film already, but you can tell that they... Everything that you loved in Deadpool, they, as it said in the previous trailer, it's everything you like plus. Mm-hmm. And a couple of interesting references that I enjoyed. Number one, Pump the Hate Breaks Thanos, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was amazing. I and think my favorite would have been, uh, you're so dark, are you sure you're not from the DC the universe? universe? Yes, that was the other <laughs> one I was going to mention. Oh my goodness, that's so much. Oh, I think I'm, that might be my favorite. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But obviously, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. I'm really enjoying what they're doing with these characters. I know mm-hmm. it's just going to be crazy. And they have embraced the fact that people going to see Deadpool, they want to see a, a storm want... of crazy. Yeah. And we're going to get it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not often that we get an R-rated superhero movie. So when we do... Oh, yeah, they're... you have to go there. <laughs> and Fox has really started to be the forefront for that type of movie. Logan course was the other of their franchise movies that they brought out as an r which was amazing and they even in the deadpool trailer they made a reference to the movie that shall not be spoken of (laughs) x-men origins wolverine yes (laughs) the movie that shall not be spoken of yeah the the cutting the bullet in half oh absolutely straight from x-men origins oh yes Well, of course, they have to poke at it a little bit. I mean, they did in the previous movie because there was the Deadpool Origins Deadpool action figure was on the floor. Uh, And so, Mm -hmm. of course, you've got to take some shots. I think they did a few more shots of uh, Green Lantern in Deadpool 1 than they did in X-Men Origins. But speaking of DC, Mm -hmm. Brian, how do you feel about the new Teen Titans TV series that's coming out? And there was big uproar about... Starfire's costume. Now, I know how I feel about it. Is with a movie, it's one thing, but when you're doing a series and having to wear the type of costume that Starfire is famous for over and over and over again, I think they made the correct choice. And I think that we did see it out of context. And I think once we see it on screen and it looks good, I think that more people will be very pleased with it. Yeah, well, Teen Titans has always been, at least on television, And I would say in the comics also, but Teen Titans has always been some sort of a cluster. And the reason being is because they've always been controversial because of the fact that the way that they portray the Teen Titans, for the most part, has been atypical of what you would expect from any kind of a superhero television show or movie or whatever. The last TV show 
Teen Titans Go. Oh, the one was a little more geared toward the younger yeah. audiences. Than, well, it's yeah. it was really not a superhero show. It was more of a, a screwball comedy. Okay. And I didn't see that one. I well, it was the original Teen Titans. Yeah, but... it was really nuts. It was really okay. crazy. And it was a lot of the style of what a lot of cartoons look like now. Mm-hmm. Where there's a lot of just non sequiturs and talking to the camera mm. and weird references and over the top humor, which is very popular. And Teen Titans Go is all of those things. And some comic book purists hate that mm-hmm. TV show just for that. In fact, that version of Teen Titans is, they're in the midst of making a movie based on them, okay. an animated film. Teen Titans go to the movies, and the whole premise of this is that there's all these popular superhero movies out, and they don't have their own movie, and so they're trying to make their own movie. The other thing, too, is that, of course, in the comics, Starfire is, shall we say, morally flexible when Mm -hmm. it comes to intimate relationships, we'll Mm -hmm. just say. We'll try to make this as tactful as possible. She's very liberated, a very liberated female character. Yeah, I'm not trying to slut shame her or anything like that, but... She enjoys the carnal pleasures of life. And that type of thing caused a lot of outrage. But yeah, Teen Titans has always been sort of a a mixed bag. They tend to be the drama magnet, whether Mm -hmm. they're so comedic and goofy that they don't make sense, or in the case of a Starfire, they're too suggestive or whatever. But it just seems like Teen Titans has always been, in one aspect or another, under some sort of problem mm-hmm. and controversy and that sort of thing. I, they've always been that way. And I don't see that changing any time in the future. Yeah. I mean, at least people are talking about you. If they're talking about you, maybe they'll start watching you. So right. I've not been a big fan of the Teen Titan cartoons. Mm-hmm. I haven't really watched a lot of them. And there's been a lot of versions of Teen Titans, Young Justice, which was more serious and, and the characters were a little more adult. Mm. And there are a couple of versions of the Teen Titans that were more comedic. They had more of, I think the first version of it had more of an anime feel to it. More of what modern cartoons look like. Out of control, over the top type of comedy. And I assume that, of course, the Teen Titans go to the movies is going to be the same way. But with this new series, I don't know how serious they intend to make the new series. It seems like that's what they'll do. A comedic version of it, then they'll go a little more serious and they'll go back to comedic. It's just Mm. like it goes back and forth and back and forth. I don't know. So you don't think it'll have a more flash arrow? It could. It Mm -hmm. very well could. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And if they did give it more of like a flash arrow feel to it, I don't know if that would be necessarily a bad idea because those TV shows are becoming really popular, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. they're, they're doing extremely well for DC in a field where they're hit or miss when it comes to their superheroes. Television, they seem to do very well with. Movies, not so much. But it probably would be the best bet for them to take Teen Titans and put them... In a similar world, if not in the same universe as the Arrow, what they call the Arrowverse, which is basically the television universe. I think that it would work really well with those and it characters. it could be that network. You know, that network has done well, even since the late 90s, with Buffy and Angel, and then moving on to Supernatural, and Arrow, and Flash. That whole network takes chances, and it... Black Lightning is doing extremely well, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with, if you get talented people, and you trust them, and then you leave them alone, 
alone to yeah. do what they do best, I think good things happen. And I think where television succeeds for DC and the movies maybe not so much is I think is a lot to do with how Warner Brothers handles both of those properties. They seem to have a lighter touch when it comes to television and they're more willing to let the television people do their thing and be creative without micromanaging them where in the movies they're not so willing to. And I think part of that has to do with the amount of money there is in those films where they're trying to come up with that billion dollar movie and they're throwing everything to the wall that they can to see what'll stick and they haven't really figured out they don't have their Kevin Feige yet and they're trying out a bunch of people and hopefully they're able to figure all that out because something's going to have to work out for them or they're just going to have to give up I don't know so but uh, there's a lot of turmoil but not everything is bad in DC world one thing I do want to bring up since we are talking DC is of course this week to be more specific the 18th was Superman's 80th birthday happy birthday Superman yes he looks pretty good for 80 he does of course he was created by uh, Jerry uh, Sager and Jules Schuster and he was the first superhero he mm-hmm. was the first guy in a cape, and he was the standard. Whenever you see a superhero wearing a cape or flying or with an emblem on their chest or wearing tights mm-hmm. or their underwear over their pants. But as we've argued, they're not underwear because they have belt loops. Right. Superman was the icon. He was what started the whole thing. And you can be as much of a Marvel fanboy as you want to be, but you have to understand that without Superman, you don't get everything else. Because he was the progenitor. When they created Superman, they created that superhero genre, which didn't exist before that point. And he is the beginning. And he's managed to do a lot. In... Those little pulp paper magazines, you know, that right. weren't any bigger than your palm. That's how they started. Going to the newsstand, buying the, the comic books. And he was the beginning. And everything that we have and all these billion-dollar movies that, that we're enjoying as geeks, it all started with Superman. And... Even though recently in the movie side of things, maybe they haven't done Superman as well as they could have. Well, we can definitely hope that things will turn around for DC and we can finally get that Superman movie we've been waiting on. In the comic books, I find it interesting. Action Comic 1000, they give Superman his shorts back, his red shorts. (laughs) So maybe in some aspect, that's a maybe an indication that Warner Brothers is looking at maybe going back to what made mm-hmm. Superman great. Well, because I think, what was it, the 1960s, 1970s, they took Wonder Woman out of her costume because yes, of, of, the uh, 70s. Cause of feminism and, like, you know, wearing well, they also, bras and everything. They also took her power away from her. She, was, she didn't have superpowers at that point. She was more like a, of a spy. I tell you, what's interesting is, talking about Seeger and Schuster... When they created Superman, they sold the rights to Superman to DC for a little bit over $100, <laughs> which at this point would be like about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars $1,400 in mm-hmm. our money. But still, not an awful lot of money when you think about how much money Superman has what generated for, for DC. And the thing about it, too, what people don't realize, they sold the rights. There wasn't any sort of a byline saying created by Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster. In fact, the Chris Reeves Superman movie was the first time in forever that the two of them were credited for the creation of Superman. Oh, wow. Now, they said it was a DC character, but created by them. And it's heartbreaking in some aspects how the creators of all these iconic characters, in many cases, got pushed to the back. Bill Finger, who helped Bob Kane create Batman, and his credit for being a co-creator of Batman didn't come up until Batman v Superman. 
Oh, wow. Before then, he didn't even get a credit. I mean, that's how long this type of thing has been mm-hmm. going on. But in comic books, and this is sort of an aside, in comic books, very often the creators are divorced from their creations. They create things in other people's sandboxes, and it becomes a part of the sandbox. It doesn't belong to you anymore. And there have been people who have opened up comic book companies who were creators and wanted to have something where the creators would retain rights to their characters. And so maybe things are changing a little bit. Now, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but the very first original Superman, he was only super strong and super fast, right? He couldn't fly yet and he didn't have laser eyes. Yeah, he just kind of jumped. He could jump really high. (laughs) But yeah, a lot of his powers developed over the course of the comic books, the radio show, the television show. Yeah, and you told me something interesting about the radio show, that that was a premiere of something rather important in the Superman mythos. Yes, it was where kryptonite originated. It didn't originate in the comics. It originated in the radio show because the voice actor who played Superman was going to be gone for a while, but the radio show had to continue on, so they came up with kryptonite to disable Superman. Superman would appear in the radio program, but you just hear somebody moaning and... Uh, uh. So they Dr. Who'd Superman. <laughs> in, in a sense, yes, they did. But something else that they did... The radio program was where Superman fought the KKK in real life. This sounds familiar to me, but uh, I don't know that I know the full story. Well, the thing about it was in in the Superman radio program, Superman fights the KKK. There was a lot of secret passwords so they could identify each other. Mm-hmm. on the street without sort of giving... Masonic w- yeah, sort of Masonic... Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Clandestine... Exactly. And society. Uh, the writers of the radio program found out about all that stuff, and they basically made it a part of the story and broadcast all that stuff, so they gave them, completely gave them away. And so their ability to remain clandestine was gone at that point. It was a decline for the KKK that they never recovered from. Because a lot of people joined, but they weren't interested in people knowing they were members. And the minute their ability to hide Mm -hmm. that fact disappeared, a lot of people were like, I'm out. Again, it's kind of like today in the internet. People are willing to say anything they want behind a keyboard if you don't know who they are. But the minute they have to stand behind what they say, of course, suddenly they're not that interested anymore. Well, the same thing happened with the KKK because of Superman. Yeah, Superman was the beginning of all of it. He started all of it. We owe a debt of gratitude to Jerry Siegel and and Joel Schuster for creating this character because he was the beginning of what has been a world of amazing things that we have been able to experience as geeks. After 80 years, Superman has a, a hell of a lot of history. Yeah. <laughs> so, And so, with that, we now get to the part of the show that we call What, what the, the Dead. Dead. We have the season finale. The season finale, Brian. The season of out-of-character mm. episode. To all the geek watchers out there, whenever I'm wrong, I will absolutely admit that I'm wrong. And I'm going to have to admit that I'm wrong because I remember saying two things <laughs> One is that there is no way that they're not going to end this show without it being a major cliffhanger. And the second thing I said was there's no possible way that they could end the war on that episode and it'd be done. 
that there's too much going on, and I was wrong. I was totally wrong, wrong. on both those Sorry. points. Number one, there was there was no cliffhanger. No cliffhanger. No real cliffhanger. There was there's a little mini a little bit of hint stuff. cliffhanger. Yeah. Not only did they end the war, but it took them about five minutes. Yep. To was, end it. Yeah. Like uh, Disney's um, Atlantis. Look, I made a bridge. It took me what ten seconds. <laughs> but. Oh, well, of course, we should say again, if it needs to be said, spoilers. Oh, yeah, spoilers. Uh, so, if you haven't th- seen it, yeah, don't listen. Uh, stop the, uh, stop the, podcast, the podcast, go go watch it, and then come back. Yeah, right at the toward the beginning, too. It wasn't that far along before we got to the end of the war. And the war ended due to a little bit of Eugene X. Mackin. Yes, yes, so, definitely. Um, the shot heard around the world. Now, they'd set it up a little bit, but as a writer, I would have liked to have seen them set that turn maybe a little bit better because, and maybe I just missed something. Maybe there was something I didn't catch. I wasn't, but it didn't seem to me that there was enough motivation for Eugene just mm-hmm. to flip on a dime. And even that face he made, I really, I honestly thought it was like, how did Father Gabriel get to all the weapons? Yeah. Because even he just, he looks so surprised and Eugene's just a great actor. Or either that or as loud as it was, it shook him. I don't know. <laughs> but why he finally decided to turn on Negan and sabotage the bullets so that they would blow up in the guns. I'm not sure exactly what it took. I would have loved, and I don't think it would have taken much, but I would love to have set up the possibility where we could look back and go, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. this is when he decided to do this. Because the episode before, when we talked about this, the the issues he had with Rosita and with with Daryl. Nothing but threats, nothing but knife in your face. uh... Exactly. Mm -hmm. What was there? And I can see maybe... Thinking, let's put that out so that we we can really swerve them. But there's a point where maybe you swerve a little too much. Mm-hmm. You want surprises, definitely, mm-hmm. but you have to be able. If in my can. opinion, in my opinion, you need to be able to look back and go, "Oh, that's what I missed." Okay, that's when it happened. That makes sense. And I'm not. And maybe you know, go back and maybe revisit some of these older episodes. Maybe something will stick out that I missed before, and I'll go, "Okay, I can see the progression." I can see why Eugene did that. Even if it was a little moment between him and Rosita remembering Abraham. Yeah. Something that, because they traveled, Abraham was bringing Eugene across the country to save the because world. Of and... his, because of his BS story, Yes, because basically. of his, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a writer, as, as a storyteller, I would have liked to have seen something that, to me, would have justified the turn a little bit more. Not that it really bothered me that much. But I would have kind of liked to have seen that. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the other stuff that we saw are things that happened in the comics. Rick slashing Negan in the throat, basically tricking him to put him down. And I was wondering at that point, if are they going to go with the comics and save him? Or are they going to go ahead and kill off that character? Oh, they definitely went with the comics. It was definitely not a TV Rick until just that second. Yeah. TV Rick was ready to kill some people. Yeah. And... I suspected that he was going to go back to Comic Rick and he was going to try to build this new world. It did throw me because it was only really like a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. They had a long way to go to get him back there, to get him back to where he could do that. And now we have Maggie, who seems to be ready to declare war. Yeah, this was our on, this was our pseudo cliffhanger here. Which mm-hmm. Maggie working with Jesus yeah. that threw me uh-huh. because Jesus why? the anti violence and let's not kill anyone. And then having Daryl stand by Maggie makes sense. 
Jesus, I'm not exactly sure how committed he is to this project, but him being involved in it in any aspect was a surprise to me because, again, it seems very atypical of the character. But I guess we'll see as we go along mm. with the next season, whenever that's going to be, probably sometime in the fall, October, November, when they haven't announced it yet. But I don't know if they're going to go the same route they did in the comics. And if they do, and I won't talk about the comics because I don't want to really go into spoilers for this mm. for people who don't want to know. But the issue with Maggie and Rick does come to a head in the comics. And it's not over Negan. Something else happens that pushes this thing forward. So mm -hmm. if they go with the comics, then probably next season is going to be where Rick and Maggie go to loggerheads civil war is when we yeah. have the new civil war mm -hmm. we go from all-out war to civil war and from that point i don't know what happens mm -hmm. because and again i don't know if this really would count as spoilers or not but the actress who plays maggie lauren cohen mm -hmm. has been cast in a pilot for i believe cbs hmm. okay with that going, I'm wondering if they're not looking to kill the Maggie character off, even though mm. she's still alive in the comics, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. Are they going to use something out of the comics to have an excuse to kill Maggie? Hmm. Which is going to be kind of messed mm -hmm. up because, depending on what their timeline's looking like, she may be with child if they did, mm -hmm. when they do that. And that's going to be really messed up. Yeah. But I don't know. Again, they end the war pretty quickly. In a spectacular fashion, and they spend mm -hmm. the rest of the episode basically setting up what's going to be, in Scott Gimple's description, a new world for everybody. Of course, he's leaving as the showrunner. He's going to be their Kevin Feige of the Walking Dead world. And I am going to say this because this was something that Scott Gimple said in a bunch of interviews. And I had heard he had said this, and I didn't want to really go into this unless I verified that he'd actually said this. And I don't know if he said it necessarily as strong as it was put out but he was saying that this last episode you could consider it the series finale oh. that it wasn't just the ending of season eight but it was the culmination it was the ending point for all of it and that hmm. everything that goes on from this point on is going to be a brand new story okay now him saying that i have to admit it bothered me for a couple of reasons the mm -hmm. first one being is if that really was the series finale, let's just say there weren't any Walking Dead episodes after that. This mm -hmm. was the end of it. It wouldn't have been that satisfying a series finale because there's a lot of stuff that has not been explained, like mm -hmm. the helicopter and what's going on with Jadis. And there's stuff that's left unresolved, definitely. If it were the, the true series finale, it would be one of the level I would say of Lost. <laughs> so it would be one that, yes, the sh there aren't no more shows after this, but boy, we, it's not really an ending per se. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly a lot of stuff we're not going to tell you about. And you're just going to have to wonder. But the other problem that I had with Scott Gimple saying that this was the series finale is, and it's no secret that there's been some issues with the show and there've been people who've stopped watching it and whatever, and they're doing what they can to get the show either going up again and regain some of their popularity or basically maybe bleed everything into Fear the Walking Dead and maybe end the show or whatever, but keep the cash cow going, as it were. Mm -hmm. And that being the case, I don't think it's a really good idea to basically say, well, if you're not a big fan of the show and you're thinking of not watching it anymore, if you're looking for a good jumping off point, this is a good place. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to watch it anymore, here's where you can kind of break off because the show really is ending here. 
There's going to be more shows after it, but it's going to be a different show. So if you haven't liked what's been going on and you want to stop watching, here's your place to do it. So here's the anthology ending, like American Horror Story. But it just seems like that him saying that this is the series finale is like saying, well, you don't have to watch it anymore Mm. if you don't want to. And I don't know how good an idea that is. Mm -hmm. But he's getting away from the show running and there's going to be a new showrunner who will be taking over and... I don't know where the show's going to go from here. Obviously, there's going to be changes. There's going to be mood changes. And, of course, the world is different. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of stuff, just going into the comics, a lot of stuff that they can still cover some really interesting things. Unfortunately, some of those things involve Carl, so that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But there are some really interesting developments that in the comics that they can bring to television and with a new writer and some fresh eyes, I think the show may come up with a new renaissance. So mm-hmm. so even with, as I said, some of the rocky issues that they've had over the last few seasons with Negan and the lead up to Negan, there's a lot of good stuff that they can bring to the show. And I'm definitely going to be looking forward to it. Now, when I went to the theater, they had Fear the Walking Dead. And of course, they've brought Morgan Mm -hmm. over to be on that cast. And so they're trying to pump up that show. I have to say, being honest, that when I went to the movie theater to watch Walking Dead, there were a lot of people in the theater. But when it blinked over and it was Fear of the Walking Dead, and it was like, oh, it's this is the season opener for Fear of the Walking Dead, an entire third of the theater got up and left right at that moment. Yeah, I would have too. Because <laughs> I don't know those characters. I don't yeah. know this storyline. Well, I would have too. <laughs> yeah. Well, can't blame them. It, it wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have to worry about that because really it's Morgan and some new characters. You don't really see any of the old characters mm-hmm. until about not even five minutes before the episode ends. A few of them just appear. And there's like a couple of them that were old hands of the show and then some new characters also. But for the most part, if you'd never seen Fear the Walking Dead before, you didn't need to know. And they obviously they did that on purpose because they want to start bringing more people from Walking Dead into Fear the Walking Dead. But at the same time, me watching it, I have to admit, even though, of course, I'm a big fan of Walking Dead, watching that show, I can't really say that there was anything that made me go, oh my God, I've got to start watching Mm -hmm. Fear. I I need to start binge watching the old episodes, get caught up, and and it just didn't really have that moment for me. Even with Morgan, who now is peaceful again, after the big walk across half the continent, he now no longer kills people again. okay. All right. So So, that's happened. But... Yeah, there wasn't anything that really drove me to want to watch the show. And I would have thought they would have put more into that episode because it was pretty obvious what AMC was trying to do with this... Double feature. With the double Mm -hmm. features because they were definitely trying to bring traffic into Fear the Walking Dead. And the best proof of that has to be, if you went to watch it in the theaters, the starting time was listed at 8.30. And I thought, oh, that's going to be interesting because, of course, Walking Dead doesn't start till 9 on TV. Mm -hmm. So... You kind of get a jump before it really kind of starts on television. But that's not what happened at all. Hmm. It started at 9. Walking Dead started properly at 9 like it did on television from 8.30 till 9 when they basically told people, be there by 8.30. Uh And for 30 minutes, what they did was they made it, for all intents and purposes, a 30-minute commercial for Fear the Walking Dead. (laughs) It was all interviews with members of the cast, introductions of new actors that are going to be in Fear the Walking Dead. Jenna Elfman is now in Fear the Walking Dead. Interesting. And, of course, they interviewed Lenny James, and I guess Morgan's going to have a bigger role to play. But they interviewed a lot of different characters and talked about the show 
And like I said, it had turned into a 30-minute commercial for Fear of the Walking Dead. But obviously it didn't work if a third of the theater got up and left. Well, you know, the thing about it is this. If you front load something like that, I think you're going to get blowback from it. And that was part of it. I'm not saying that Fear of the Walking Dead is not going to be a great show. But like I said, watching that episode didn't do anything for me Mm -hmm. to make me say, I want to get caught up in this show and I want to keep watching it. And I want to see what happens next from this point on. It just didn't. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if AMC's plan is to migrate everything to Fear the Walking Dead or they want to really kind of build this show, I certainly hope that it works out for them. But Fear the Walking Dead is just sort of more of the same. Mm-hmm. And they have to somehow come up with their identity. We can't just deal with a bunch of new people who are going through this kind of the same problems. It's going to have to have. And again, this is me talking who's seen one episode. <laughs> And I saw it in a theater. So maybe they've already set the stage for that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. If their purpose was to get eyes on Fear the Walking Dead that weren't there before, and it certainly seems like that was the situation, then definitely what they needed to do is they needed to come out of the gate with this this season opener. Even if a third of the audience left, there was two-thirds of the audience who stayed. And with that being the case, you needed to wow them. You need to have that huge wow factor of that episode. And there was interesting things going on, but I didn't see the wow factor. Mm. Hopefully that turns around and they get more eyes on the show, but they're going to have to figure out how that's going to happen. And I think that's going to have a lot to do with who they have show running Fear the Walking Dead. But as of right now, not so much. Which means that we're not going to have... We won't be doing what the, the fear. dead. Or what we the fear, be, okay. We won't be doing what the fear, I suppose. What the fear. Uh-huh. Because you don't seem to be interested. I don't. I haven't watched it, so... And I'm, as of right now, I am i don't really have any motivation to watch it. I think probably our next segment, uh, ending segment, won't be until October. Because mm-hmm. I think that at that point, we're going to have to do what the who. What the Ah, what the who. Yes. What the who. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to I that. Guess. But that gives us a few months of basically, I need to get you caught up on Doctor Who. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because. We got some good movies coming out that we get to talk about. Yeah, we definitely Uh have some good movies to talk about. And there's a lot of wonderful geek stuff that'll be coming up. And we'll have more time to talk about it since Walking Dead will be on hiatus while they're filming. And Mm -hmm. when they announce when the new season starts and they start doing trailers, of course, we will definitely be talking about them. And with that said, we come to the end of another podcast. And 21. Podcast Done. number 21. Mm-hmm. And before we go, I do want to mention that probably by the time this podcast goes up, the Geek Watch website will be live. Awesome. I wanted to have that up because with all the drama that's going on with YouTube and Facebook, and of course, mm. for the most part, that's where a lot of you catch our podcasts. I wanted there to be a home base so that regardless of what happens, You'll know that there's one place on the internet where you can find us and listen to us and know where all the links are. The website is geekwatch.net. Geekwatch.net. And I want to do some more stuff with the website besides the podcast. Mandy and I will be discussing all of that stuff, and we're going to try to develop some things for you, the Geek Watchers, that you'll find interesting, that you'll enjoy. And so, until next time. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding you that we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. 
For links to all the ways you can listen to the GeekWatch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The GeekWatch podcast is a Hanging J production.